Hello and welcome to along to another episode of Full Kit Banter and we're just glad to have you guys back and also we're very happy to announce that we've been joined by someone new today. Nathan, welcome to the show. Just give us a quick kind of introduction into just your footballing, I guess, background. Um, okay, hey guys. Um Nathan here. I'm so happy to be part of this podcast and yeah, um I've been listening for quite a while, so I've uh, been hearing all the the different banters, and I, I I guess um it's been a while since uh, you actually had someone from United, so yay! Shout out to everyone who's a United. By a by a means like never. It's been never. It's been never. Yeah. So um yeah, a United fan. Uh, I kind of grew up, I guess, uh, as a United fan. It kind of runs in my family. Um, watched Lovely. it since I was young. Uh. Yeah, and like I think back then I was watching like the old um the treble. I think that's when I first really got into uh the the whole um spirit of the United Club, I guess. Wait, Nathan, Nathan, how are you? Just twenty seven. Oh. oh, so well, well, twenty seven this year. Oh, one year younger. Oh, yeah, one year. Okay. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Youngs, yeah, young, young lad. <laughs> so, so who is your favorite ever United player? Favorite, uh, that that isn't Ronaldo. Lingard, Lingard. I don't think a lot of people actually have Ronaldo as their favorite player. To be honest, Girl, girls do. That's why they support United. That's a good point. I think for me, it's it's Eric Cantona. Even oh. though he's yeah. Maverick, yeah, yeah, good he's call. probably not the best. Actually, if you want to rate him like, but he's definitely got the charisma, and he's he he was really like the person that I started watching. Even though he was in the era of like gigs and Beckham, mm. he kind of stood out as the number seven. Yeah, for me. Oh, of course. I mean, Cantona is is the kind of guy who, like you said, maybe stats wise or whatnot, not won't go down as like the all time great. But in just in terms of flair and that ability to capture the imagination, it's it's no surprise to me that he's your favorite or one of your favorites. Also, that um, winning mentality, man. You can't, mm, mm-hmm, you can't mm-hmm. diss that. Yep. I mean, dude actually karate kicked the guy in his hand. <laughs> so, like... That's he wasn't apologetic shit. at all. That's some elite <laughs> shithousery, yeah. Um, but yeah, glad to have Nathan on board. Of, of course, we're joined. You, have, you, heard, you, you heard them earlier, BK and Sash once again. So, for the first time, we are a foursome. Hey, hey. Um, hey. But, hey. but we're recording this on a Monday evening and... Jesus Christ, so much has gone down today. We had to change our kind of rundown a couple of times, but as things stand, uh, we're going to be obviously talking about big picture um, European Super League, everyone's most hated kind of topic right now. And of course, we actually did touch upon this in our last episode, but as you guys know by now, Josie Mourinho is no longer with Tottenham Hotspur, so we'll be getting into that shortly after our European Super League discussion. But guys, I'm going to throw this to Sash first. Initial wow. thoughts on the European <laughs> Super League. I, I'm always going to throw it to Throwing me man. under the bus. Just straight, like straight. Oh, wow. Just wow. like how Trent throws the def- Liverpool defence under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it because Sash, right, out of most of my friends who watch football, Sash is the one guy who's kind of been... I don't know if he's trolling. It's very hard to tell sometimes, but... Actually, all the time, but... He's kind of had a different stance... On the ESL so far, so I just like you to share that that initial stance with the listeners right now. Okay, well, I for one love the idea of the European Super League. Okay, hear me out. Oh, for real, this no. is for, for, for <laughs> reals. For reals. <laughs> you see, this this is where yeah. I begin yeah. my heel turn. You know, in this particular <laughs> episode, like all those WWE fans, I think you're gonna get a reference. Okay, okay, wait, Nathan. Let me just let me just. Put this scenario in your head, okay? Mm-hmm. It's the final day of the transfer window. The ESL has been approved maybe one or two days ago. And and then it's the setting is at Dortmund HQ. And then you see Ed Woodward running down with that money in the bank <laughs> briefcase and cashing it in to get you Jaden Sancho to finally play on the right wing. You know, the myth, the myth that is your right-wing position that for some reason you guys don't seem to want to invest in. Mm-hmm. And then with that Jaden Sancho signing, you guys get catapulted back into, I wouldn't say relevancy because it's a pretty harsh word, but back into the echelons of being the one grids, of the top the grids, clubs in yeah, football. Yeah. And then for Pascal, 
imagine being able to not not being able to not needing to operate rather in that buy as you sell in terms of uh, okay being able to spend what you get from selling players and imagine a front line of Mbappe Salah Mane and Curtis Jones (laughs) imagine that and for BK, imagine having enough money to, uh, do, to do, sack Ateta. No, no, yeah, do, <laughs> sack just, him. No, no, no. Sack Ateta. <laughs> you had me there. And employing... And employing someone actually good. You had me can't imagine. Yeah, like. imagine I had enough money. Just full stop. That's like 10 seasons worth of like something. Yeah, imagine getting like a good manager like Conte. And not being a not needing to shop at you know the value dollar shop, getting getting rid of your El Nenis, getting rid of your Jacques, and getting proper true ballers in the team too. But for your case, you know catapult Arsenal back into relevancy. Mm-hmm, Imagine mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really know why people are so against the ESL. Yeah. I mean, they say oh it's not fair for the smaller cups and all that, but. Do y'all really care about the smaller clubs? Touch your heart. I love it. Do y'all Dude, really care about that? are you turning heel on Burnley? <laughs> you just turn heel on Burnley. <laughs> no, let, let, let me finish my point. Okay? And I feel that it's it's just hurt mentality to hate on the ESL right now because it's the in thing. But mm. you let it simmer in mm. your thoughts for maybe one or two weeks and you'll be like, hey, actually it's not such a bad idea. And would you rather watch, you know, Crystal Palace against... I don't know Manchester United or would you rather watch Manchester United so, against Real Madrid, man? So so like, so he, he, it's, he'll... it's the pinnacle of of you know broadcast. Like, These are live all great TV points. Ex- exactly, but so hear me out. This this was this came out from our ex Arsenal player Mesut Ozil and said that back in the past, you know, you always wait for like uh these big lineups, but now it's like. If they are gonna be mashed up in one league, you then realize like it's just gonna be every other day fixture. So it kind yeah, of brings the hype. Appeals, yeah, but this appeals to the more casual fans. I mean, I categorize us as you know the hardcore guys. Like we we watch games like, um, like for me instance, I watch almost ninety five percent of games. I try to, but sometimes because you know Champions League is like at some ungodly hour, so I I don't really watch like if it's Chelsea against Malmo. Mm-hmm. No, no one wants to watch that, and we know that Chelsea will win. Like, okay, ninety nine percent of the time, Chelsea will win. <laughs> like, bar bar the freak result, bar like a a Chelsea loss to West Brom like uh-huh. earlier earlier this <laughs> this hey. season. But I'm sure that you know this will appeal to casual fans a lot because imagine having blockbuster matchups like oh your Barcelona's against your I wanted to say Bayern Munich, but they're not involved in it. But your Barcelona's against your yeah. Liverpool's. Your, yeah. your Arsenal's against your, who else is in the league? Oh, uh, man, uh, your man. Real, your Real Madrid's man. Okay. Yeah, and imagine because imagine being able to compete because you have enough money right now. And there there was a reason though. I I didn't really understand why you know just just put Arsenal under the microscope for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why Stan Kroenke didn't want to sell Arsenal, even though he could reap like hundreds of millions of profits. Or probably this and is because why. he didn't yeah because to me at the point of time he didn't like he was interested in Arsenal at all mm-hmm. but he seemed to be clinging on to Arsenal for some reason and I always wondered why because he could easily turn a profit no doubt yeah, yeah Arsenal yeah, even though they are where they are right now still one of the biggest clubs in the world mm-hmm. and I feel that this is the end game like he was waiting for this ESL to be broadcasted throughout the world and let it make, and let it be known that oh it, this is actually going to happen. So, Stan Kroenke being a businessman himself, I think this is the reason why he's been holding Arsenal to sort of ransom in terms of not spending enough money. But, you know, it's, it's very businessman-wise. So, so and which is the downside of this, I feel. So, your take is you're, 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 pro, you're pro the ESL. I'm more pro than you guys, I feel. Uh, w- like, what, about, what, what about Nathan? Yeah, I'm interested to hear Nathan's... Actually... All of our opinions. Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah, Sash is pro, like, so what's Nathan's uh, voice on this? Okay, actually, I'm just gonna say that when I first heard about it, right, um, and I didn't really know much about it at first, the first thing that came mm-hmm. to my mind was that it's actually quite similar to this thing that the, the big clubs play during the break, the International Champions Cup. If yes. you all know, it's mm-hmm. like, yep, we yep, even yep. had that in Singapore as well. 
and that's where you you can possibly have a Madrid versus United. Actually, that happened in the US once when they were playing in that exact same um, cup. And it's more mm-hmm. of a cup, actually. So yeah. that's where they, I think, if I'm not wrong, they had their record most number of people watching a game. So mm-hmm. I can definitely see, like, after that happened, that that's why all these clubs were thinking, oh, this is going to be a revenue-making machine. And yeah, I, I can totally see why, from a business perspective, um, this will definitely get, like, high number of crowds. You won't have, like, empty stadiums, half-field stadiums, like you said, um, when you have, like, a Chelsea versus Malmo. Or like a United versus some club from like um, I don't know like uh, Poland or yeah you know like one of the <laughs> Shakhtar somethings yeah like so <laughs> in that case like I can totally see why from a business perspective but I can also see why like and if anyone spoke up the loudest it was the ex United player Gary Neville if you all watch his um yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. he totally went his rant. he went nuts he went in he went yeah, in man. he went totally in on it and and I can see why as well because. I think a lot of the youth players and sometimes they get drafted in from your smaller clubs and stuff. I think all of that will get kind of disrupted because like you mentioned, with all that money, everyone's just going to start shopping. There's going to be less um, academy build-up, less um, mm-hmm. um, scouting. Everyone's just going with, to, especially with all the money that they have, they can just buy whoever is informed in the lower leagues now. I think that's what all the other leagues will look like and then uh, this becomes really the premier of leagues yeah so yeah I think I'm I'm not really for it because I just think overall I think it's gonna make it really hard for like the football romantics and I would say that I'm quite one like I love an, a good underdog comeback and like Leicester winning the league like you won't get any of that because it wouldn't be so impactful you know if like Leicester they won the league but they're like against who like uh, against Burnley Everton and those were the mm-hmm. top three hey, versus hey, my guys. no but versus <laughs> like a, like a, like when they beat when they won the league they really beat like the so called big six which are gonna be playing mm-hmm. in in this super league so yeah I think it's not great for football overall but it's even though a lot of play, uh, fans were saying like they would boycott I think that you would still watch because how can you 100%. not watch uh, like 100%. United against mm-hmm, Madrid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but sorry to cut in, but I think the misconception of this is um like the big clubs will, will play in the ESL it by themselves. But in actual fact it's they, they will play the games on the midweek and then they will That's continue their I domestic that, leagues that in so on the naive. weekend. So yeah, I, that, yeah, but the rotation, that, right? They have to rotate their squads like extremely crazy. Extremely naive. I, it's, it's, it's so it OAB replaces game. UEFA in, in in that sense. Yep, it's a big middle finger to UEFA because, uh, okay, I'm just gonna continue because okay, the the reason why that I'm just gonna call the clubs that are involved in the ESL the the founding clubs. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. just calling them the founding fathers because it, yeah, it sounds yeah. more cool. Yeah, it's literally. So, yeah. so so what happened? What led to this is. UEFA, they propose a new formatting system from 2024 onwards, which basically increases the number of teams that will be participating in the competition. So instead of having, you know, eight groups of four teams each, you're going to add a ninth group. So it, it doesn't really match up because you are, like either you add another group to make it like, you know, the, the classic uh, knockout, sorry, classic group stage, then knockout from knockout uh, stage. But what they're trying to do now is they're going to let clubs, they're going to match clubs up based on the seedings. So I, I don't really know how it works because I haven't really delved right into it, but it's extremely complicated and I feel that it's really not needed because why try to fix something that's not broken? And also, it kind of hurts the, okay, it doesn't kind of, it hurts the pockets of the perceived bigger clubs, the bigger European clubs, because if you're going to add four more clubs into the competition, right, you definitely have to spread more TV revenue amongst every other club, which which then, you know, hurts the, hurts the, the profits the, of, of yeah, the, the clubs with the bigger European pedigree, which which I feel is the reason why they want to have this breakaway competition from the UEFA. It's, it's, uh, I kind of liken it to, you know, uh, uh, poker players. UEFA raised uh, raise a stake, and you know the ESL clubs, the founding fathers, are not happy with it. So they decided to raise something that's even more preposterous, something, and they wanted 
to see if uh, UEFA was going to fold. But it seems that UEFA is trying to call the ESL's bluff. But from what I've read so far, you know, Woodward has stepped down from his position at UEFA. Chelsea has just left the ECA. Mm-hmm. More Arsenal, high profile Arsenal names. United as well, yeah. Yeah, but- more high profile names in the footballing world. They have left positions in UEFA and it kind of feels that it's all moving so rapidly to the point that it actually could become a reality if it, it almost if seems something doesn't happen. Yeah. Like a real coup and like something off like some Game of Thrones script. Like yeah. it just happens. So I mean these these guys are not idiots. Like they've it's clearly been I mean we've heard murmurings about this for Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Is yeah. Maybe so two long. years no, already. Since, yeah. since when? No, dude. It it brings it goes all the way back to you know when Wen just said that you know in in ten years time something like this could yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that was, and that was ten I years. Mean, ago. Almost ten you, years. If ago. you want to talk about the, the like Nathan mentioned the romanticism of football, right? Let's be honest. Things once okay when the Premier League was formed in 1993, 1994, that was kind of when things started to change for the romantics you know it wasn't at, like we're talking about Premier League strictly right it was no longer yep, primarily yep. an English product and while I think the Premier League evolved for the better of football this Super League will you're talking about bringing casual fans right I think the casuals will never be satisfied so, because so they're just looking for blockbuster matchups but when you when you keep putting blockbuster to blockbuster it's not gonna mean anything so Pascal, you are anti. Anti. I, I think it's a lot more complicated than that, BK. I don't think it's just like like even Sash. I don't think Sash is completely pro. Like he did make some good points. I think it's very important to not just pigeonhole something into like oh this is bad or this is great. It's okay. So your 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 general take. On I it. definitely. I I don't think it's good for the future of football. I think football is already becoming this very rigid kind of toxic environment. It's like, first we have the introduction of VR, you have people <laughs> in a freaking booth trying to play God. No, 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 we had FFP first, then we had Exactly, VR. which, it's it's all a farce. Like, I mean, we've seen FIFA and, and UEFA in the past, like, they are no saints. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 a debate for another day. What I'm saying now is, like, Sash brought up hypotheticals, right? I'm going to bring up one hypothetical for you guys. Imagine any of our clubs right now in that, that list of 15 to 20 teams there is going to be one whipping boy. There is going to be one guy who takes a big L. What if it's your club? Oh, yeah. I re- I'm used to that. What, <laughs> if <one of> the f- <laughs> what if one of the founders, right, God forbid, ends up with like a record of one, and, like, one win and nine defeats? What is that going to do to their brand? It's true. You know, yeah, I, 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 yeah, and, yeah. But, but I guess they signed up for that and that's why. Yes, they- yes. But the thing also is, until the Super League like the Super League sounds cool on paper but there's no weight behind it now it's a bit like the exactly. Nations League it's a bit like the UEFA Nations League like on I, paper it sounds cool but because it's so new it just feels like a glorified friendly competition Dude, yeah the, I, thing is, the thing is that um, because it's at this infancy stage I, I feel that a little bit of things could be tweaked I, I feel that the, the, the founding clubs like if, if you guys don't know the, the founding cards will never ever be relegated which I find it's a bit it, it takes like the stakes away it yeah takes exactly the there's, away. there's not much competition it's very like, you can just you can just lose every game and not get relegated which I feel that it, it's, it takes away a lot of competitive edge from the league itself and I feel that they should tweak it somewhat yeah but ah. the, the thing Sash is this competition is designed so that the, no the big... one kind of loses but I believe that there'll always be a loser, but... And the, the, another thing that I absolutely don't like is how Florentino Perez is kind of like the chancellor of this whole yeah. Super League. Yeah, he's dude, kind of dude, like he, the emperor in- from Star Wars. That's dude, insane! How like crazy Sith, is that? He feels like the Sith Lord in like, it's Star Wars. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, his Palpatine right there, man. And, and like... Ed Woodward like, is just Obi-Wan. Exactly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Anakin. <laughs> I think you're getting your Star Wars lore mixed up. Oh, sorry, An- An- Anakin. Uh, they both they had like... blue sabers, so... Fuck it, help me. <laughs> like, I'm going to get fired for this. I lost my train. What was I going to say? Uh, it's, just, it's, it's just crazy to me. Like it's, it's become like a playground for the nouveau riche. And the thing is, from a business standpoint, because let's remember, all these owners of these founding clubs we've talked about, whether it's Perez... 
whether it's it's uh, Cronky, whether it's the the guys from FSG, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they did not watch up the, the watch up. They didn't grow up watching football. Yeah, so a to lot them, of people are saying that it's they've just become like... fans of their club basically because when their club wins, it's good news for their bank pockets. It's exactly. good news for their pockets. So a lot and for also, the brand as well. It's your it's mm. it's it's your it's your product. So you always want to see your product do well. But at the end of the day, they're looking around and like. Uh, I forgot which one of you guys brought up this point, but they're looking around and seeing like, hey, we are the main attractions um, in the Premier League. To, to Once again, to go back to the Premier League, even the Champions League, we're the main attractions. Why do we have to kind of, you know, share, share the profits, revenue with right? everyone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And from, from that standpoint, I can understand. They are businessmen. They are very good at what they do. It's It's completely natural that they would think that this is a good idea. But the flip side is you are playing with a lot of people's a lot of people are like football like we think we're fanatics, but they are crazy people, especially like growing up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like in Liverpool, holy shit. Yeah. I mean some fans already started putting the banner to boycott the whole thing on But, th- uh, but once again going back to Nathan's point, we are addicts. Yeah. They can say and cry all they want, but the moment we see that first Super League match, Liverpool versus Whatever Anyone Barcelona. here actually Like any of our favourite team Liverpool versus Net, We'll still watch it You know So Anybody yeah. in the league you Is might, a blockbuster match You yeah, might you might, you, you might boycott it Or you might tell your friends You're gonna boycott it But Exactly You'll sneak a peek we, but we, and Because we've already Chosen like uh, The clubs that we We're gonna follow Like Till death So no matter what, no matter what they do, we're still gonna watch them. Like no matter what, I, mean, I don't care what anyone says. I mean, I you chose Burnley says, yeah. as your backup, so. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna... I agree that we will watch, but I think that the soul, like the stakes are gone. Like Nathan said, the analogy of this with the whole um, Premier League Asia Trophy or whatever you wanna call it, you know those kind of competitions. The international. It Champions feels a bit same old. Yeah, it feels a bit sameish. Like. So I the, the, you devalue the Premier League because then you don't even care about getting into the Champions League. Like it'll just become like for guys like West Ham and Leicester, who should have every right to feel aggrieved that they are not, you know, in the conversation based on merit. They'll be fighting to kind of sit with the big boys. So imagine like you work your ass off for a whole season only to get the right. To play in a competition with a team that is below you in the standings, you know what this is. Oh, gonna, but sorry, oh, yeah. um, oh, yeah, I just wanted ahead. to say like this is gonna sort of become like um you're gonna start treating the the other leagues that are already present like La Liga and all these other leagues are gonna become feeder leagues a little bit like the Championship where you play as best as you can hoping that someone buys you into the big league. That's what it's gonna become True. because everyone would True. want to play in this big money league. So you're not even playing for your club anymore. You're just really playing for a transfer, which kind of already I feel is the situation with like championship clubs where you have players um who do have outstanding seasons and then they get shipped into the the Premier League, right? By uh, some club buys them up. Which is which is where I feel is the problem that because of all the big money coming in that uh, I mean the big money in the first place that came in ruined the sport. Now it's just a bigger. Or rather, like, the big boys just decided to round up together because they're just sick of, like, being under the UEFA jurisdiction. I'm surprised that PSG... I mean, the rumour was that PSG is not involved because uh, someone had stakes in UEFA broadcasting, right? So, by default, PSG will be earning a decent amount. Uh, whereas the rest, I guess... that w- Which then comes back to show that the whole football scheme is all just business at the end of the day. I mean that's a sad reality right now. It's yeah. it's a it's a business game, not a game for romantics. And yeah, coming to your point, Nathan, about playing for a big move, that is that's part and parcel of life, you know. I mean, we're all like working adults. We want the next big step in our career. It's just ingrained in our blood to look for the next big move too. Because in reality money makes the world go round. We're always looking for the next huge uh step in our careers, you know, to earn the big bucks and all that. And yeah, fair enough. I do see that. And what you guys are saying right now, you know, it, um, the com- competitive competitiveness of the the ESL in in the future might not be as what we see the big the the big box office matchups in the Champions League 
will be in the future because they've been playing with each other so regularly right now that it could be just a casual, you know, like it's the same feeling that we feel right now as if if Man United plays, let's say a West Ham. It's not that big of a, it doesn't really generate much excitement, but you guys are just basing it right now on your own conjecture, you know, just on a whim. Like you uh, might not see it the same way if it actually materializes. You may oh, don't, like, don't don't get me wrong, Sash. I'm a neutral. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not on the. I'm not on either end until more m- more thing rolls yeah, out. Yeah, and it's not like the ESL monopoly will always stay like this, you know. There's, exactly. There, it's bound. It's bound to change, you know. More cups are gonna be. It's not gonna be like the fifteen. There's bound to be something that will happen. They F- could fundamentally, possibly expand it. Yeah, they could expand it to twenty two. I, I, that's the plan. That's I, the yeah. plan. But f- I actually, fundamentally, I don't like. Sorry, BK. Fundamentally, uh, the thing that I really don't like is the club owners being in charge of the yes, competition. Yes. To me, that is just which a I didn't huge understand. Red flag. It's yeah. a massive red flag and it just kind of, to me, it's like, what was the point? Like, it's pretty much just like a rich kid inviting mm-hmm. all his friends over to his house to play with his, like, fucking Xbox. Yeah, which yeah, I thought... Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't understand. I agree. I, I thought neutral party should be involved in the... in the. I mean, it could be an ex-Real Madrid or ex-Barcelona, whatever it is, just, like... Hell, you can put Fergie on the uh, on the top, and I'm pretty sure like you have convinced more people. But like, okay, I just yeah, want to cut I, in really I, quickly okay, and just yeah. say like, you know how in the Champions League already, everyone like would say that UEFA already favors UEFA, uh, Lona, yeah, UEFA yeah. Lona, they already favor Barcelona and Madrid. Like, so in this league, there's no question if your boss is at the top, Perez, like Madrid's gonna have everyone like all the cards in their pocket. You know, like it's gonna be. Who's gonna stop them? They are they are, they but run but the I league and they are playing in it. I, I guess on the upside of that is like it's completely clear who's at the top of this league now. I mean like it's very clear cut that yeah. it's run by Real Madrid. Yeah, the safe lot just presented himself. The... <laughs> yeah, what's the most mind boggling part about this is all, all this were were being done under secrecy, you know, like there's there was no leaks, no nothing and it just came out of the blue, you know. They announced it mid season. And I do yeah. feel that they, they won't do that unless there's really something cooking up in the background, you know. I'm sure they have already secured, uh, or rather some, some broadcasting channel has already secured the rights to exactly to, to show the ESL if it ever, you know, comes to pass and all that. And uh, uh, I don't know, and if I don't know if you guys have seen this, but uh, teams that will be participating in the ESL will get approximately 300 million to a lot of money yeah it's which is 200 million more than what they're getting right now if c- from the from the youth from the UEFA Champions League Arsenal yeah. can pay so many Gunnosaurus man we can form a team of Gunnosaurus dude, dude, we you guys you guys can sack Arteta dude <laughs> we, we can hi- we can just pay all our Youngs in the team for jack shit dude you guys can hire Pep and, and then sack him for the fun of it no but like the thing is that's, that's, <laughs> the problem will still persist because the richest of the rich will get the best you know so even mm-hmm. if they if Arsenal exactly. could, could afford it like they will still be the poorest of the richer people in the in the in that group which is why yeah. I don't understand why they actually signed up for the league like which also leads to the question of Bayern Munich Dortmund uh, I mean Le- uh, Leipzig is out PSG is not in basically uh, any German uh, any German team because in Germany your clubs are, are owned by the fans yeah which I or at least at least partially owned by the fans exactly no, it, uh, the fans get a majority. They get fifty one percent of the stake. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so they 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 are the ones that make the final say. So Porto is also not in. So it 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 just seems like the Spanish, the Italians, and the English decide to form a league by themselves. Yeah, and yeah, because uh, that that's where they perceive the money to be. Yeah, and if you guys knew, like if you guys don't know that UEFA uh they're, they're pretty they're coming up pretty hard on it to the point that. Any club that is uh, affiliated to the yeah to the ESL, you know their players will get banned from representing their nation, and banned from domestic leagues and but basically any other leagues that UEFA controls. So as you all know that the Euros and the World Cup is coming up soon. So I don't know if it's true, but I read somewhere that Perez wanted to set up his own version of like the Euros and the World Cups. If that comes to pass, which I, I find bet is some of it is just thing. like I bet some of it is just him or just rumors like 
I think he will want to primarily focus on the Super League first. I don't think mm-hmm. he want to dabble in. I mean, I I mean other if, things. Which is right where now, I least. come to understand that like, it seems like UEFA just have stick hole in everything. I mean, look at the whole Norway appealing against the whole Qatar thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't be surprised if teams start hopping over if Perez actually opens something like that. I'm just wondering. I mean, it's like how how the the players are actually feeling at this point. Like, were they involved in this? Like, do they know? Like, if if suddenly they are, I guarantee they were. Right. I, I think it doesn't matter if the players know or not. Cause like, if they want to quit, then the club. I mean, if you have three hundred million coming in to a club, what what will you say? I'll just I'll just get a new player. I'll I'll let you go, and then I'll get a new player. And for the other player, you have that three hundred million budget now, and you tell him. Dude, I can double your wages and you but come in. Are you okay with BK, that? Exactly. This, this is insane, you know, like because by doing this, right, you are creating another ecosystem in terms of transfers. Like, you know, the like r- first Ronaldo broke it with his move to Real Madrid. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he broke he was the first player to kind of hit that close to hundred million mark. Yeah, yeah. Then it was Neymar who completely yeah. changed the game with the two hundred fifty million. Mm-hmm. If this goes through and if the sanctions are put in place that you cannot play in Europe or you cannot play for your country and all that, there will be a very limited pool of players who want to play in the Super League. Still exactly. talented, don't get me wrong, but exactly. limited. Exactly. And it'll, it'll be a little bit like what the Chinese Super League was. Exactly. You're so, vastly so paying over the odds for players who are good, but you know, they're ex- yeah, not my, my, worth it. So I guess it comes to a point whether like if Perez is able to do a Chinese Super League, but oh then <laughs> if he wrecks the whole UEFA system down, I, I'm assuming that's what he's planning to do. So then, I, I mean, like Chinese Super League is one thing, no one's invested in it because you can bring all the players in, but no one's watching that because most of the football watchers are, you know, in Europe itself. Mm-hmm. In Asia, I mean, we have so many other sports that we don't focus on that solely so yeah. if Perez did bring it there to Europe and did the same thing like what we guys said like how many fans who boycotts would actually be watching that he yeah, might have he might have wrecked UEFA's revenue by 50% I don't know I'm just throwing ballpark figures there and that's a lot it's not like just a couple hundred thousands it could be of the millions yeah and it's not really you know an exaggerated thing that Perez could actually be thinking of creating a new World Cup just for the players that are involved agreed, in the ESL. Agreed. Yeah, I mean it's this ESL thing is already farcical enough, really. Like I, I think a World Cup is is nothing. It's basically gonna be like an off season tournament from the ESL. Just play a World Cup among themselves, you know that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was gonna say just, that. I, I but I still feel No, yeah. sorry, you wanna go ahead? I don't know. No, no, okay. No, I'm fine, I'm fine, um yeah. it was I was just thinking that um I don't think Perez and or the rest of the the uh these founding fathers thought that UEFA and FIFA would react so badly because I think in their mind like they were still planning to play the leagues you know they just wanted this to be a midweek <laughs> game you know um if anything so I don't think they were expecting how aggressive uh the FIFA and UEFA were going to be uh in like kicking all the the international players out of their um country like from representing their country and at the same time I think because of that um now I'm pretty sure they will have to adjust something because it's probably going to scare some players off. I think there are some players mm-hmm. who really want to play for their country regardless of the money. But, and so that's going to create a very really weird kind of um, uh, set up, you know, like people will be like, oh, should I? We'll almost have two different football right. leagues. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you have regular quote-unquote football and then you have everyone in that ESL kind of bubble it it just um, leaves me with the question to how are they gonna end this season now? I mean, it's we are all in agreement that it's a bit. It almost weird. feels like a moot point. Like Liverpool played tonight against Leeds, but I'm just like, like if if for if what? it goes through, like yeah, exactly. Well, who cares? <laughs> so so by default, PSG finally wins the UEFA because the other three teams are forfeit. That's yeah, so man. strange. It's a uh, c- classic wow. classic <laughs> <Friday> story. <laughs> 
<laughs> like finally, and Pochettino finally wins a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but at, but, the but thing, at what? Yeah, but, but at the, what cost? Yeah, but the thing is that why did they choose to play in the midweek? I kind of feel that it's just a big, it's a, just a huge challenge to to UEFA. Like, which which like if you like why why mm, mess with the the format exactly? Which when, I ag- yeah, I agree. With such, when, I agree. Everything with was going so smoothly. So this is our yeah. Although it's extremely exaggerated but we're just gonna prove to you that you guys are like we, we don't want that to happen like like because if, if I'm not wrong they, it's it's already approved already the format is gonna happen in 2024 and the big clubs they don't want it because it, it will definitely hurt the wallet somehow because introducing more teams into the into the the whole competition definitely will affect the profit somewhat and so I, I think they just they like the big wigs in each of the clubs just came together and said, okay, how are we going to make it seem in such a way that everyone has to take notice that we are actually not, we're not in agreement with this. And UEFA has to do something to kind of revoke their plans. But it's it's a little bit, I, I think it's a little bit more, they bit off a bit more than they can chew in terms of what the media and what everyone else in the football world is currently feeling about this. And I, yeah, yeah, great yeah. point. Exactly. Yeah, I think okay. I think the big clubs have just essentially put down the gauntlet. Like it's mm. very, it feels like a like a mob movie. You know, like you have UEFA who has been in charge for years, mm. and you have the young upstarts. You know, all the new owners at the clubs, and they're like, hey, they start looking around and like, you know, we are the biggest earners here. Why are we only getting a fraction of what we? And you know, they probably have a ton of guys crunching numbers and showing what they are like projector earnings should be so they're just looking at it and going like okay if this is our projector earnings why are we earning like a fraction of that let's mm-hmm. do something about it so this is essentially they are throwing down the gauntlet to the old the old age per se which is UEFA and FIFA and telling them like hey we believe in our in our product we believe that we are the big dogs and we should be paid as much but it it's way too early to see how this pans out. I think we're going to see a lot more twists and turns. Mm-hmm, so a little mm-hmm. bit of conspiracy theory, just just yes. to throw it in your way. Yes. Do you think that they are undercover moles in the UEFA that are feeding information <laughs> to people that are in charge of ESL? Because oh, I, def- I feel definitely. that Amen. there's there's a lot definitely. there's a lot that needs to happen in order for ESL to to for, for starters to start up, and using that info, you know, they could just slowly construct what I- we see now as a. The, the infancy stage of the ESL. Yes, if anything, we already said that like, it it happened too quickly, too swiftly, and yeah, exactly, and imme- it was it was so there there was nothing breaking out at all, like and and just after yesterday's launch of the ESL and today UEFA comes say like the twenty twenty four is going through. It's a clear yeah. like mm. Goliath versus so, David right here, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, lot lots to lots to chew on. I think we got through a lot of pretty interesting topics. I'm sure this sort of debate will resurface in the coming months. But anyway, one guy who will not be part of the ESL. That's is what you think. <laughs> Jose <laughs> Mourinho come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what oh, you think. He's like the Undertaker, dude. He can't die, like. B- BK, what was your theory? But I mean, that your theory is that... What's your theory again? He's gonna move to... Was that you? <laughs> oh, he goes to I Bayern. Think someone, I think someone... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone told me he might go to Bayern, but I mean, Bayern aren't in as... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as of this for, moment. For so. now. For now. For now. Yeah, could you, ima- could, <laughs> could you <laughs> imagine if he... Where did, it all, where did it all go wrong, guys? Sorry, could you imagine he, uh, what? If he went to like AC Milan and linked back up with Zlatan and went for the ESL thing. <laughs> Don't even joke about that. That is some karate kid shit, man. Uh, it could happen. Let, let me ask... Okay, both of you guys have experience with, with Mourinho, but I mean, Sash has talked about him before, uh, yes. so I want to get Nathan's take on this because... He was only at United a couple of years ago. You, we pretty saw this. We pretty much saw this story unfold, close, of if not almost exactly the same way. So, did you kind of see this coming when he moved to Spurs? Were you were you surprised at the appointment in the first place? Um, actually, yeah, I was surprised because I, I've always thought that Mourinho is quite, uh, and he's quite seen his reputation as being a defensive sort of manager, 
uh, and Spurs under Pochettino were very attacking and very open and they liked this quite free-flowing style of attack so um, what I think um, I didn't think that they would really go the opposite direction of course I, I did know that they needed to show up their defence and um, their style like they have to defend more and not let in so many goals but appointing Mourinho was quite I feel out of Spurs character and for him to go there was also surprising because I think I he wouldn't have really thought that Tottenham are the caliber that he would go to or and I was also surprised that they could afford him so there were a few things that made this whole um, kind of like partnership very strange to me but when he went there and he had a slight change of mood like he wasn't the moody Mourinho at United he had like a smile on his face, he was winning again. It was like, okay, Mourinho has changed. For like the first time, he's found like happiness in, in another side of London. And so, yeah, I, I just felt that um, it was overall a weird fit, but it started to look kind of promising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when they won the league in November, <laughs> right? But <laughs> Actually, at that point, you really thought that they had made the right decision yeah. you know, in appointing him. Because mm-hmm. of like the Kane and Son partnership, that was... But okay, I would actually say that that is not uh, very unusual. Like Mourinho has this style of selecting a few, like just one or two good attackers, focusing on them and everybody else like defend. You know, like he kind of... Takes right, he did that yeah. with... um with He tried to Man. do it with like Zlatan and I think Rashford. Uh, he had those two like right. playing like numbers up and, and doing really well and everybody else was like sit back and hold on to the lead once we get a goal or two um, so with um, with Spurs it was kind of similar as well and it was working until I guess they got found out or like injuries as well so that wasn't helpful mm. yeah but the scary part yeah the scary part was I actually felt that um, okay because I've experienced the the, the, the Jose appointment twice in my life <laughs> so if you guys don't know what it is, it's basically first year, everyone is, oh, everyone's buying into Jose's pragmatic approach, you know, he's, he's showing that he actually is in love with the club, you know, he, everything's good with the place, you know, they build a good camaraderie and all that, and then the second season almost they just win everything, they're just a winning machine, you know, and it's, it, it's not just, you know, it, it, it's, it's not just winning of the trophies, it's the belief that they can go on to, to do greater things uh, with this manager, but and then it comes the dreaded third season where everything just falls out of place, you know. Like he, he gets scorched into fights earth. with Yeah, Scorched Earth. It's it's the perfect metaphor for it, you know. He, he gets into fights with uh the club captains. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, you could be Pop like bar. in a reserve, you could be yeah, you could be one of the high profile players there, but you go against him, he'll throw you under the bus. And that kind of happened with, with Dele Ali. Okay, that didn't kind of happen. That happened with players like Dele Ali. That's happening with Gareth Bale, you know, after mm-hmm. his comments about calling Spurs a a, a one year gym, Fitness yeah, they didn't really sit well with Mourinho, and he hasn't really seen much of uh, game time on the pitch right now. But for Spurs, it I mean Spurs being Spurs, you know, they they still can't win anything with Mourinho. That kind of sums them up as a club. Yeah, it's, as you can tell, I'm I don't e- really like them. But uh, they yeah they seem to skip the whole second season trophy winning, but. And it just jumps straight to the third season where it's just not good. I, I, I feel that Spurs, they kind of sold their soul to the devil. Excuse my uh, hyperbole, but they kind of did that, you know. They are well known for playing a certain brand of football. And later you hit it, hit the nail on the head, you know. They they employed Marino because Daniel Levy thought it's a, I kind of feel it's a short-term solution where, because, you know, Kane and Son, they're not getting mm. any younger in age. They want to win something. So what better appointment than Jose Mourinho, a serial winner at that point of time? And I don't know about what you what you guys think, but I do feel it's time for Mourinho to manage an international team because clearly club management it, like, or rather managing club, though. it's not yeah, it, it's not uh, what not. he's good at right now. Uh, I might I, say he's West Ham worthy, man. Like Nah, no, they're not in the Gary of Moyes, man. No, I I mean no. that tier that tier like not I don't even think he's I, I, of I international think, standard think, man. Yeah, I think club management has passed him by. He's more of an international manager right now. I mean, it's it's clearly not working for him managing clubs. But why not try something new? Try managing the Portuguese team or the Portugal team rather. Mm. You know, 
Portuguese. Yeah. You should try to use the rules. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll... Yeah. I, uh, sorry, BK. No, uh, no, no. Actually, I, I did want to get your opinion. So, I, do you think, th- like, do you think the timing of the sacking, right? Why do you think they decided to act now of all times? Because we know they have a cup final in like six days' time. And I find it very hard to believe that Spurs stand a better chance of winning that cup final with essentially no first team coaches. I mean, they have, yeah, they have like what Ryan Mason, but Ryan Mason is uh, he's pretty much like what Frederick Lundberg was when he took yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, that's like correct. Like an interim manager. Like, you cannot tell me that Mourinho, despite all his faults, I, I can just. Despite kind of knowing how, and, and we've seen him get results against Guardiola even this season, like, you cannot tell me that. That that Mourinho would not would have a less of a chance at winning than a Spurs side without a manager. Like I just don't buy that. Do, do you think Unless that's an internal just, I mean, it has to be right because the way I see it is at least this is my perspective. Until I get your guys' opinions on it, what I believe is Levy did not want to give Mourinho the satisfaction of saying, "I won the only trophy Spurs have won in the last ten years." He didn't want to give Mourinho that spin to say like, oh yeah, like I wasn't the problem. I I, I came in and did what I had to do. You get what I mean? That's a good take. That's a good take. Um, Ah. I don't know. That's very petty, but at the same time, it's protecting his brand. Yeah, Um, yeah. Uh, I, for one, think that there's a full-on internal coup. Like what you said about the whole Gareth Bale. I mean, Levy is spending, what, 200 grand per week on him and Bale is just sitting on the bench. Um, he was promised to be brought in for like greater things but I mean obviously we know of Bill's recent form hasn't been fantastic and after that statement um, Kane and Son hasn't had the form of their life ever since uh, God knows when mid- mid-season and it, you know they're just dropping points and I think I shared with you guys offline like uh, on Sky Sports they draft the stats out and Mourinho's win-lose ratio in Spurs is almost at 51 or 53%. It's not Ooh, yeah. pretty. Dude, it's it's the worst of all his club management, if I'm right. It's uh, not typical Mourinho. Yeah. It's how you can sum it up. And his past five or six games, one win, and the rest were defeats, I, I, I just, think. I just feel he's done in, in club management. He needs to do something else. The game has obviously passed him by. His methods are not Modern. It's not working. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't work in a modern game. You know, it, it probably could have worked. It worked well for him like uh, two two decades ago. But two decades is a long time, man. You gotta learn to yeah. switch it up. If mm-hmm. anything, and it's, it's it's not just the tactics. It is your reputation has. It's almost like your reputation precedes you because now every player or every club that he goes to, the players in that first dressing room meeting. The first thing you think of is, oh shit, here we go again. Mm-hmm, You're mm-hmm. not thinking of, ah, this is Mourinho who's won so much. I can mm-hmm. learn so much from him. You're not thinking about that anymore. You are thinking of, oh god, which, who, who in this dressing room is going to get thrown under the bus by him? Or is he going to like me? Am I done at this club? So I think the narrative, I agree with Sash. Like, it, it pains me to say because I, I like Mourinho a lot despite his faults. But um, I think... The, the, the irony is that he won't be able to walk away like this. I don't believe someone with such a massive ego like Jose, and I mean that in the best possible way. They just write another book uh, and like just put everything in there. Expose, right? It's yeah. just like, like four paragraphs on Paul Pogba. All right, well, like well, co-written with Graham Souness. Well, what about you, Nathan? What's your take on the whole... Yeah, I just wanted to offer another like perspective you... uh, on like the cool idea because mm. to me, it just the timing just doesn't really make sense because I feel like the big players who would normally have a cool, like what happened at probably you could say United with Pogba and stuff, right? Um, Kane and Son, like I feel like they're already on their way out. You know, I, I mean, you could say that they're likely going to be moving in the summer. Son, not so sure, but Kane... Probably, so if he's not, if he's probably gonna move and Bale's probably gonna go back, then why have a coup in the first place? You know, like why ship him out when you're no, when you know that you're probably gonna be moving out as well. So in that case, mm. like, 
good what's point. happening at Tottenham like I have no idea like it doesn't seem likely that well, that's the case so now they're gonna and, and by sacking Mourinho I feel like that's almost telling your star players like guys just like go <laughs> you know like we, we have we have no more have ambition fun. already like <laughs> we are just gonna do, do what you were supposed to do and then try again next year and hopefully you know but we have no plans we don't really know who we're gonna bring in and we lost like our young manager to PSG so that's just yeah Tottenham I, I'll, I'll be kind of lose yeah they, they got, got rid of, rid of, him, of but him. In, like for <laughs> someone who's worse you know in I'm telling you, man, yeah. Scott Parker's going to get the job. Scotty Parker? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know. I well, wouldn't like be surprised, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I heard rumours, like, the, the, the kind of early favourites are, like, Eddie Howe. I wanted to get Ooh. your guys' wow. What? Where do you think? Where do you think Spurs goes from here? Do they go with someone who's going to build, like, another project or someone who is able to maximise that? limited time that kind of their key wow. players have at the club Wait, right are, now. are we basing these thoughts on the fact that ESL is not yeah, going to happen yeah, or yeah. more juice um, or, or what? Let's, let's just assume that the ESL is it's just like in its formative stages right now it's if, not if, official yet so I guess we cannot assume that it's a thing yet I'm going to go first if ESL is going to happen I don't think we'll take with any lower tier manage, but, uh, managers because they would need a higher-end manager to be able to convince players to even join. I mean, can you imagine, like, getting Eddie Howe and then yeah. uh, Spurs want to sign, like, I-, I don't know, let's say, let's hypothetically say I'm going to sign Griezmann because, like, Barcelona want to offload him. Like, who's yeah. Eddie Howe going to manage? Like, I don't think that's possible. Actually, Griezmann to Spurs is, like, a very Spurs transfer. Like, when Griezmann's, like, 33, like, I could totally see that happening, but... On the edge um, of, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good point, and you're right. It's very hard to pose that question with ESL looming. So, like I said, I'm never mm. wrong. I'd go Massimo <laughs> Allegri, man. Wow. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's the thing about Allegri. I'll be like, mad, man. Allegri feels to me like the hot chick who used to be hot five years ago, but you haven't seen how she looks like lately. So everyone just remembers how she looks like five years. Man, ago. Man, that's Mourinho. <laughs> Like Ale- <laughs> No Mourinho oh, is, is you're seeing the Botox kind of happening oh. <laughs> in real time, but no doubt Allegri's won a lot, but he's been MIA like, for the past few years. I, yeah. I I think his stock is a little bit more inflated than it should be, just my opinion. But yeah, he's I'm just waiting for him to come back Wait, because Allegri has he's been always he's always being rumored MIA, to with dude, clubs. He's MIA. Allegri has not managed since Juventus. for five I mean for five years. I think at least three years. that long. I think three seasons so, at least. It can't, it can't three, be five we, years. We had, we had Sari. We had... Um, Con- there was someone before Conte. Sari. Conte? It's been a while. Was it's it been Conte? a while, man. Yeah, it's been Conte. a while. Huh. Conte, wait, was it Conte? Yeah, Conte, yeah, it was Sari. Conte, then Sari. Then Lam. I see. Yeah. No, 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 no not Chelsea, eh. Like, with Juventus. Oh... I mean, uh, we have Perlo now. We had Sari for a season. No, I think Sari. Oh, oh, it can't be just yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sari took over Allegri, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's no, no, two no, seasons. I'm pretty eh? sure there was someone before Allegri. Max. Allegri. <laughs> it doesn't matter, lah. Like, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out later. Like, but <laughs> how? Do, I guess it's only fitting that we end off this app with our favorite segment, Fraud Watch. We didn't even touch on any of the results this weekend. <laughs> Chelsea had a big result. <laughs> Are you guys Sunday gonna put play. me on fraud watch after what I said? <laughs> no, like like I said, nothing is black and white, and you have a, you made a lot of valid points, man. But obviously, like uh, the mob, I'm gonna crop out that little clip of yours without context. I'm gonna tag you in it, and I'm gonna wait for the vultures <laughs> to tag you. Wanna explain what fraud watch is? Um, Sash, go. I'm lazy. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> fraud watch is basically a segment of the pod where we put players under the microscope who have been transferred in okay not not just players it used to be players but we're just putting every we're just grouping everyone in it could be players it could be managers it could be uh technology you know everyone's fair game so if if you're gonna put players the okay so so basically players who have been transferred into the league with a huge transfer tag or have been brought in with a huge pedigree you know they could have been extremely good in like the the German league the Spanish league but 
have not been playing up to expectations, you can nominate them and put them on Fraud Watch. So Nathan, since it's your first time on the pod, how about I put you on the spot and who is your f- nominee for Fraud Watch? Oh man, Nathan's uh, first ever Okay, Fraud so Watch I will nominee. first give a disclaimer. I didn't know like Fraud Watch meant like from outside the league. I thought we could do it internally because I would have gone, oh really? Oh, you can do it internally. No, I've gone like you the classic United's too, yeah. biggest mm. fraud, Alexis Sanchez. The piano player. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that was. But well, like currently, currently, though. Currently, like, currently. As in oh, currently, currently yeah. man. Uh, actually, United have a quite decent. Like, the, okay, I would say the person <laughs> that I thought might have been a bit fraudy would have been Cavani, but he's been totally the opposite. Like, he's come in and really, like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. shown real class. And I thought his fitness levels may be a doubt, but no, like, he's been good. Um, I guess uh, current player as well. Um, I had one which is Andy Carroll. Like the guy's totally like he's been. He was like a big money move back in the Liverpool days. Then now he's at Newcastle. But is he really mm-hmm. there? He's like, no one knows. <laughs> he had one. I think he had like one good game, and then he yeah. just kind of died again. Carroll just. Carol is he not in West Ham now? He's at Newcastle. No, no, he's at Newcastle. He's at Newcastle. Yeah. Oh, shit. Ca- Carol enjoys partying too much. Uh, it's, it is it is what it is. It's like, the man bun, man. And he's too injury prone, but... I mean, that's a, those are good um, nominees for your first time. I like the Cavani one, although it was a bit of a reverse fraud watch. <laughs> with the but, recent uh, form, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Uh, for myself, I'm going to nominate myself because Allegri only left in 2019. So I'm a fraud. <laughs> uh, that doesn't seem right, but I guess the internet doesn't lie. But yeah, um, I'm nominating myself and Liverpool for just dabbling in this stupid ESL thing. So yeah, have that, have that uh, FSG. Uh, I'm going to nominate off Premier League. I'm going to nominate Bayern Munich to be the complete fraud. <laughs> <laughs> we will we'll see whether they will get in the. Classic. Oh, fair enough. It's a, it's a fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm with Sasha on this bit. I think they're gonna they're gonna change their story. They're gonna yeah. like once you dangle that three hundred million carrot in front of them, they'll be like, you know, it's actually not so bad to sell our soul. Oh, good luck. Or 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 even PSG, Neymar will be like Neymar and Mbappe will be like, oh, I don't even want to play farmers anymore. I'm just gonna want to go to like Real Madrid. They have the greats of the greats. What if the ESL becomes the biggest farmers league like ever? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Sash, go ahead. It's uh, take it away. (laughs) It's nothing to nothing to go against you guys, but I'm gonna nominate. All the social media, everyone who is against yes. ESL right now, just gonna <laughs> yes, and there goes classic, our Instagram account. Classic bad guy, you know. I'm just gonna nominate him. all of them that it. are just hating on ESL right now because it's like the in thing, you know, the hurt mentality and all that, and they're not formulating their own opinions. They just like oh, the current flow is to hate on ESL, so I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna echo what everyone's thinking and not having your own opinions about it. Not even reading and understanding mm-hmm, it, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, yep. mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm placing every one of it on f- every one of them on fraud watch. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. just so Fair that enough. if the listeners, if they are part of that, what they call the sheep group, yeah, I'm putting you on fraud watch as the well. Sheeple. Hey. The sheeple, the sheep. Oh, I'm also gonna nominate Pep because he thought he was gonna win the quadruple. <laughs> but he didn't. <laughs> Suck it, ball fraud. <laughs> but yeah, that was a gem wait, wait, before pet before episode. we wrap up, right? Um. Because Pascal Leeds are gonna play Liverpool tonight. Oh God! So um, it's it's kind of building up to the whole. I mean, they're calling it the Leeds versus Greets. Oh, match, that's good. If you really? get what I mean. Oh, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Leeds versus Greets. So it's basically you know you in one corner you have the football roman- romantis romantis mm, mm, yeah mm. against the money grubbers in Liverpool. So I mean Leeds were the OG money grubbers. Let's get let's not get it twisted. <laughs> they literally got no, 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 the we're administration about current, money current times right now. And <sighs> you as a Liverpool fan, like I, I, I know that okay, prior to the ESL the release of ESL news, right? You guys you definitely wanted Liverpool to win. But it seems that like from what I've read on social media, even their own fans, they they, they want Liverpool to lose so that it shows that money isn't everything, if you get what I mean. I mean, so, these guys are also <laughs> like clowns. La. Like, they're going to be the same guys crying when we don't make top four. Mm-hmm. For me, it's it's um, 
and this is genuine. It, I genu I I really I truly don't care about tomorrow's game. My okay. I'm just not in the right headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, if we win, great. It'll be because we played well. Nothing to do with the board. Like I don't think why why should you hate on the players? Like they have nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're just commodities, man. So yeah, like that, like I mean, like if they put in a good shift and win, like good for them. Like I'm I'm happy for like the team, but in terms of the club right now, it's a bit like um like a disappointed kind of child or something. Like you're just do, you're just up, yeah. you're just like let down. Do you think Klopp will leave? Because of this, because I know that he's not. I did think about that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he does seem like the kind of guy who's very like off the people. Yeah, if you're so, gonna talk about a manager that epitomizes, you know, the yeah. romance of football, it's Klopp. You can't yeah. say that. I mean, 100%. he's he's been at Dortmund. Yeah, like you can't 100%. get better than Dortmund. Yeah, I I think there's genuine concern that he could, but um. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what he says. Like, I'm very interested to see what the kind of pre and post game interviews are like, because you know it's gonna be dominated. Like, the match is an afterthought. Mm-hmm. The the thing that's gonna dominate is like what Liverpool's gonna do in. We'll see the pre- we'll see the post match press conference. They'll definitely exactly. ask him for questions about the exactly, ESL. exactly. And but to answer your question, Sash, I'm not fronting. Like, I, I genuinely. Uh, I'm not watching the game tonight. I I I just don't really care about the result. Like. Obviously, I don't want us to lose, but I- I'm not gonna watch. That's just mm-hmm. yeah. And I think uh, it's about time. Yeah, we've managed to cram a lot of stuff into an hour. Excellent mm. stuff, boys. Great to have Nathan on the show. I hope to see more of him in the coming Thank weeks. You. But yeah, until the next episode, um, please don't forget to like us on Insta, uh, follow us on Instagram and Spotify at the Full Kit Banter. Remember to share with all your mates. Share it with your parents Share it with people who hate ESL Because this is what we talk about All app But yeah Until next time See you guys